1: What is going on, Suns fans? Justin here and with me, as always, is my podcasting partner, Paul.
0: Yep, I am
1: still here. I'm trying, guys. I'm sorry, but he's still here. Uh, as as <laughs> and Welcome to this episode of Fanning the Flames, the OG Phoenix Suns podcast that is made for the fans. That's you guys by the fans. That is us. As always, intro and outro music provided by Park Parkin' Main. Check them out over at parkinmainband.com. Right, give us a follow on Twitter. I'm at Paul. I'm at DervishOfWorld. And the pod is at Fan the Flames NBA. Fanning the Flames is available on all podcasting platforms along with Suns Jam Session, also part of the Phoenix Suns, uh, excuse me, Bryce of the Sun Podcast Network. And obviously as well on brightsideofthesun.com. If you listen to us on any platforms, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.
0: Yeah. Take it away, Paul. <laughs> okay. So um we're getting closer to the NBA being back. You know, True. they've they've started testing. The players, it sounds like a super-duper fun experience to be tested almost every day, if not every day.
1: No, it sounds... Ho- okay, hold on. L- l- okay, first tangent. <laughs> Look, I have not been tested. Paul, have you been tested? You haven't been tested. No, right? I have not. Um, I've seen testing and how it occurs. And if somebody I don't came up <laughs> to me and was like, hey, Justin, we want to test you for coronavirus, I would literally say... I will quarantine myself for two weeks, three weeks, a month, whatever. I'll sit in a closet in my house. You're not shoving that thing up my nose. It just
0: looks terrible. Yeah, it goes and then keeps going and then keeps going. I feel like it would poke you in the brain. I think it's basically what it's trying to do. It's trying to get the very back of your like, brain. nasal cavities, which are basically your brain. I feel like it would be
1: the back of, your, back of your brain, like all the way to the back of my head. That's how I feel. I didn't
0: realize that was how deep your nasal cavities were when I've seen how far that thing goes up.
1: I, yeah. I, 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 and and to be clear, again, I would just prefer to quarantine. So I'm not being disrespectful of others or being disrespectful of the health of others. I would just rather not have that thing shoved in my
0: nose. Yeah, I mean, it's basically what I've been doing as it is for the last three months I'm i am thought you meant
1: having out. something shoved up your nose
0: no quarantining and i go out as little as possible i unlike half the rest of the
1: state well when you have no friends paul except for me it, it makes it easy for you right this
0: is true <laughs> this is true and it's summer in arizona i don't like to go out anyways
1: <laughs> that's fair that's fair okay you were saying paul you're talking about testing in the nba i'll allow you continue
0: yeah, so, uh, I mean, testing started, and the Suns actually have a couple players who have tested positive. Um, there's good things and bad things about that. Would you like me to start with the good things or the bad things?
1: I, I, I would love to hear
0: the good things. The good thing. We all need, we all need good news these days. So. The good thing is these players have tested positive now, not once they're in the bubble. They have time to quarantine get it out of their system before they even leave to go into the bubble. It may affect their ability to get into game shape because it limits that time frame. But I mean assuming you can't re get the coronavirus, which hasn't really been proven true yet. And so this will be a nice experiment to see. Is re-get a word? No. But um, go going on. in we don't have to worry about these players we don't know who they are we shouldn't know who they are <laughs> i don't think it's appropriate that that is disclosed unless the individual chooses to do so that's fair. Um, i i hope they're all healthy i hope they get through it fine i hope there aren't any lasting effects cuz that's i've seen some some shit dude like i saw these lungs of somebody who like died from coronavirus i mean shit they look worse than like people who died from like lung cancer and, was that all, was that all from coronavirus? Yes. Yes. And it's, it f- screws with your respiratory system. And which is, which is really the biggest thing I like people like throw out that like, Oh, these guys are, you know, they're in tip top shape athletes, you know, they're young, they'll be fine. And like this, we don't know really know what the long-term effects are of a heavy Respiratory disease. These guys are supposed to run. Their job is running, essentially. And if you fuck up your lungs, you could ruin your career. So there is a huge fear there, and you know, I, I hope they're okay. I mean, there's there's a huge spectrum here of how people um, get the virus and deal with the virus and experience the virus. So. Um,
1: you hope they're yeah. okay.
0: I just I, I just okay.
1: I just enjoy doing these over Zoom and watching you just try to like continue Watching my brain thrill. like <laughs> yeah dude it's it's fantastic cuz you just sitting there me. silent. Oh, I'm just if every, if anybody <laughs> out trained. there if everybody out there could see the smirk on my face as Paul's struggling through this it's fantastic. I'm not but, in an order. But you like you, you bring up you bring up good points, you do. Um those points being on topic for what we were going to discuss this episode, not necessarily in the order that we were going to do it, but hey, that's what I get for kicking it to you like I did. Um, so, we will get into discussions about the bubble, about coronavirus, how it's affected the NBA overall so far. But let's start, Paul, if we if we can, all right, with 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 something that's a little more on the positive side of things. Okay. And that's what June 25th, 2020 marks the anniversary of, the five-year anniversary, if I may be more specific. Okay. Do you know You're... what happened five years ago
0: today? Um, no. Let me Google.
1: I hope it was today and not five years ago yesterday. Five years since the Phoenix Suns drafted, a certain Devin Armani Booker.
0: Okay. That's an important day in the history of uh, the Suns.
1: Very much so, especially for, you know, fans who have been fans for the past decade and have been struggling (laughs) through the past decade with the Phoenix Suns. And you know, with with it being that five year anniversary, uh, I, I thought I would take a look back. You know, we can sit here and we can do the oh, what was your what's your favorite Devin Booker memory? What's this? What's that? And if you want to, by all means, please do share. But I'll tell you what I did. Okay. And it, it is five years ago today. Although it won't be today when this goes out, but you know what I'm saying. I know what you think. I went back and I I I, I looked at mock drafts from that draft to see what the Suns could be had they not drafted Devin Booker based on what these mock drafts saw the Suns doing. Now, the first thing I'll say is this. I, candidly, don't really have a huge recollection of my thought process, what I looked at leading up to that draft, how I felt about the Suns drafting Devin Booker. I just don't. I'm sure I looked at things like I do all the time.
0: I just have a terrible memory. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that information week. does not stay in my brain. So, so
1: and looking back, you know, and, and okay, to that point, what what I'm, what I'm getting at is I've always kind of felt like Devin Booker was a, I don't want to say out of nowhere, like Cam Johnson was out of nowhere kind of draft pick, but still a guy that, was a surprise for the Suns to take at thirteen.
0: Well, assuming that these mock well, drafts I, that I looked go I on. think to to your point, I think you gotta remember that at that time the Suns backcourt was already kind of supposedly set. You know, that was just that was coming off the 1415 season and that debacle that turned into the Eric Bledsoe Brandon Knight backcourt, we thought we had setback court so to then draft another guard seemed kind of odd yeah. so and i mean we even saw that going into that 15 16 season because he didn't really get a lot of playing time until injuries occurred and then thank god injuries occurred you know you don't have a for injuries but you know silver lining for suns fans anyways
1: right and and i'm looking at it more even just based on his projection and, and where the Suns were drafting, even less on the guards that we had on the roster at the time. And, you know, going back and looking at a number of mock drafts, Booker was slated by a lot of mock drafts as being a top 10 guy. Uh, I look at CBS sports had him at 10 SB nation had him at eight Uh, Sam Smith from NBA.com had him at nine. And then you have some that had him a little deeper down. You had fan sided, eh, (laughs) excuse me, having at 15 slam online, having at 17. Um, You know, I'll say this. You want to know the one site that I found looking back at these old mock drafts that actually nailed it and had Booker going to the suns. Oh yeah. Who, who do you think that is? hmm fox sports brightsideofthesun.com really kellen olsen put him at 13 what do you say was, about him i don't have that in front of me but <laughs> i'm i'm happy to look that up and 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 tell you what he did and, and you know that brings up a good point though and that's what a lot of these drafts said about booker and this is probably something that well i, I won't say probably this is something that i'm fully cognizant of and i'm sure everybody out there is as well but it was all strengths shooting shooting weaknesses creating his own shots (laughs) ball handling ability to create while penetrating everything that booker has shown people he's He's absolutely fantastic (laughs) at and yeah It's funny because there was, and I'll I'll pull this up after I let you go on a little rant and ramble, Mm. but I I saw a tweet that had quoted Booker after he was drafted by the Suns, and and, and his comment was basically to the effect of, I have a lot of work that I need to do, but people are going to be very surprised about the other aspects of my game and my playmaking ability and my ability to create my own shop. So stay tuned. Something to that effect.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, I do have the one recollection I do have in hindsight about that draft and just, it's kind of, kind of become a little bit of it's uh, like a running theme about Kentucky and Calipari is just that when he gets guys and he gets all these stars and he, get, or like, you know, top recruits and whatnot. And what he does with them is he then plugs them into a role and that's the role they play. Like even like cat coming out of that draft, what he's good at now and what he was good at coming out of the draft are vastly different. Like he was good at defense coming out of like people thought that's kind of be, would be more of what his hallmark was. And now he's horrible at defense, but he's like a great scorer both inside and out Booker on the other hand, was, you know, plugged into that sixth man microwave shooter off the bench. He, that was his role. I mean, it's amazing that with what he's become, it's almost an indictment of Calipari that he played the Harrison brothers over Booker as starters when Booker had all this potential. And, you know, if he had been running that show or being that top, um, you know, wing on that team, would have been interesting to see kind of what they would have done because they, they didn't, you know, they didn't obviously didn't win a championship or the NCAA tournament that year. So, um, it was like, he was in setting that role as a shooter. So when all people, all NBA scouts, re- unless they were going to go dig back into his high school stuff, which, you know, a lot of guys look way better in high school because they can do right. stuff against inferior competition they had a very limited sample of like what he was actually, what he could do and what he was capable of. Cause all he did was come in and shoot threes. Right. And you know, one thing that
1: I kind of surprised me too, I, again, looking back and not remembering exactly my thought process back then was how many of these mock drafts had Jahil Okafor going before cat going, him going number one. I mean, it was down to those two guys. And and now looking at that five years ago, it's like oh, that's like that's that's literally insane, literally insane, Paul. Also, random comment is is Willie Colley Stein's full name Willie Trill Colley Stein? Because I'm seeing that right now in the Bright Side of the Sun mock draft that I pulled up here. I don't know. I mean, it must be, um, and that's fantastic. If I were him, I would leave the trill in there because that's freaking awesome. I know. But I know. He goes by it to 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 what you to what you asked about what Kellen said about Devin Booker in that mock draft. Here, I'll read it. In my opinion, the ideal situation for the Suns is Johnson or Tuner, which I'm assuming is Turner. Well, yes, is my, his, my his name thing.
0: is Will. According to Wikipedia, he is Willie Trill Collie Stein. There you go. Born Willie Dermon Colley Jr. I don't know about how <laughs> where the trill days. came from. Hey, whatever. Um, so the ideal
1: situation is Johnson or Turner, and that's again Miles Turner or Stanley Johnson falling oh. to the Suns. And if the and the failsafe is Portis, Bobby Portis. All three of those guys are gone now, so I think you take the best prospect available, and he happens to fill a need. Booker is much more than just a terrific shooter. Great point, Kellen. He will be a good defender in the NBA. Not so great. Of a point, <laughs> and is smart enough on the court to adapt his game in other areas. Good point. He can replace Gerald Green off the bench and taking the best crossed out asset talent available always works for McDonough. So Callum got it right. It was to an extent by default. And the three guys that he identified before him, I, you know, Miles Turner, fine. Stanley Johnson, underwhelming. Bobby Portis, eh, somewhere in between those two,
0: right? Yeah. So only one of those three is still on the team that drafted him, I think.
1: Uh yeah, I think you're right, and that's that's obviously Miles Turner. Yeah. So anyway, that, that's what that's what Kellen had to say, and and I look too at these these mocks and who. Other mocks had the Suns taking and think about, okay, what would that have been like for the Suns had they gone in this direction? None of them. And this is easy to say, I guess, because you're talking about Devin Booker, who for my money is the, I'll say the second, I'll say the second best player out of that draft beside be, be behind cat for now, for now. Um, and you've got other guys in there. Like, Porzingis, obviously, but he's had his his issues with injuries. You've got D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell. Russell. Um <clears throat> excuse me. But uh most other folks had the Suns tagged with either Miles Turner, again,
0: fine enough player. Well the other again, most coming off having a backcourt set with uh Bledsoe at right. night, a front court player would be kind of the need. Right. Because you know we had Alex Len,
1: the other uh, who I don't remember that guy. Who's Alex Len? Okay, I mm-hmm. joke, but not really. I, I try to forget him. Um, the other guy being Cameron Payne, who was, if I recall correctly, because so I don't have in front of me, a point guard out of Wichita State who really amounted to very little in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, so ultimately.
0: Obviously, some, things worked some out very good well. handshakes with Russell Westbrook.
1: Very, work, worked out very well. There you go. For, uh, for the Suns. Um, and actually, you know, and this is something that people are probably aware of, but Suns right now on the roster have three of the top 15 picks from that draft on their team. If you add in Frank the Tank and Kelly Oubre.
0: Speaking of Kelly Oubre. Mm, go on. Good transition, um, Paul. Well done. Thank you. Um, he is the first player on the Suns who won't be participating in the bubble. Well, he he'll be there, which is kind of interesting, but he's not gonna play. I mean, I get it. He, you know, he had an injury like right before all this blew up and I know I've mentioned before, but as somebody who has had injuries that have required physical therapy, not doing it without like having to do it on your own sucks. Like, and for a professional athlete who has to have his body highly tuned and, you know, do it without the proper therapeutic treatments and the proper settings and you know, having the full access to like all the tools that they have, I can see that that process being delayed. And so, you know, coming out of, even if he had, even if the sons set him up with like one of their trainers would come over to his place to do it, you're still limited in what you're able to do and like the various kinds of exercises and things you can do. So you don't have the same equipment that they would have. The facilities. exactly. Et cetera, you don't have the, those like ice chamber things or whatever. Um, you cryogenics. know cryogenics, cryogenics, and who knows? I mean, maybe maybe he had setbacks because you know he he tried to do. And that's the other thing is like when you're trying to do it on your own, you may try to push your body more than it should because you're right. trying to get back and like you know so and that can cause a setback, which makes takes it even longer. We don't know. There's no reason we know. We just know that he's not playing because injury. Um, But he's going to be in the bubble. He's going to be with the team, which will be good because from the standpoint of he is a great source of energy for that team. And even if he's not on the court, like his reactions to, particularly when there's no fans in in the stands, his reactions to like something good happening can be that fuel that can help spur the team to, like, have a good run. And, but, but my initial thought when I heard that he was may, going may, to the may, bump, I,
1: may I interject and, like, no. steal, like, a couple seconds here? No.
0: Because
1: I so, – so there's been a lot of, I, th- I feel, mixed feelings and perhaps more negative than positive about Kelly Oubre not playing. Uh, sounds to me like you don't have a problem with I don't have a problem with it. Nope. That's, that's what that's. Uh, so I wanted to confirm that. And, and, and honestly, I don't either. I mean, you look at a guy who had surgery, the recovery time for him in a ideal world was going to be right. what? Four to eight weeks. Right. Let's call it six weeks just to be safe. Right. So if, if we make that assumption, let's just say, and this is based off of completely zero medical knowledge, but let's say three weeks, for him to heal up where he can start doing some sort of physical activity. Right. Mm-hmm. So then we call it three weeks for him to do whatever training he needs to do to regain strength and stability in that knee, in that leg in his body after not being able to do anything to not only an NBA level, but to any level whatsoever for some period of time for three weeks, we'll call it. Right. Well, he had a surgery one week before everything shut down in the NBA if we look at when the suns are going to go into the bubble, which is what July 10th or 11th or something like that. And then let's assume that, okay, he's got his healing done. Now he's going to need three weeks of actual professional hands-on quote unquote, hands-on, whatever, um, uh, a rehab time to gain back that strength, gain back that stability. In that knee then you put him right up against the start of the eight game remainder of the regular season but you take into account also that you've had these other guys who have had the ability to get themselves back in these preceding three weeks get themselves back into nba shape is kelly ubre knee or not really going to be in playing shape given the fact that when he's rehabbing to strengthen the knee, to get that stability back, he's not going to at the same time be able to do the types of drills, the type of conditioning that the rest of the guys is going to be doing, at least presumably. Right. So where's the benefit of him playing? And even if the knee's healthy, if he goes in and he's not in shape, then he risks other injuries. So exactly. I, I, and, I, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I get it. And if they were one game out, maybe he would be thinking of it differently.
0: I mean, it does make the Suns as an organization look bad from the standpoint that both Sarver and Jones. Whatever, we're used to it. Right. But it it doesn't help it doesn't help change that perception. So to, be, I mean, fair, again, to be
1: fair, Sarver and Jones said they expect him to play in Orlando.
0: To your point. Go on. You're welcome. My my first thought. When I saw when I saw that he was going to be in Orlando with the team, was he doesn't think he's going to be ready to play in these eight games. You know, particularly with the Suns having the worst possible odds to get into the playoffs. But in some if in some miraculous fashion, the Suns do make it. I wouldn't be surprised if he suits up.
1: Right. And that honestly didn't cross my mind at all. Because notwithstanding the fact that I have said and I will stand by the Suns will go 8 and 0 in Orlando, that uh-huh. still means that a lot of teams have to fall even right. if they do that. We went over this last episode. But when you brought that up, I I I I again Hadn't thought of it. Think it's an excellent point. And what does that say about Kelly Oubre and his belief in the team? If that truly is what his thought process is.
0: Right. Because otherwise, I mean, he could just say he's not going. I mean, there right. are players let around the league who say they're not going. Which, again, with them, I don't begrudge them at all. Everybody's got their reasons. You know, this is a a weird scenario. Um, both from a global and this what the league is trying to do right now. And... With what's going on in Florida right now, I'm not even sure that it's the best move in the world to be doing this. I mean, yet am I looking forward to it from the standpoint of, yeah, hey, I get to watch basketball again. And I'm running out of shows on Netflix that I haven't seen before that I'm actually interested in watching. And it's not like a lot of new stuff's coming because everything stopped filming. Um, and so I, I need something new. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But that's selfish and so these guys health is more important these guys you know it's more important than the money the league's going to lose you know yeah. and, and florida is going stupid crazy just like arizona is mm-hmm. with covid cases cuz they were re- they were reckless in reopening too soon and not being diligent with requiring precautions for for people re-entering society again and we're seeing the results of that just as the league's gonna ship the majority of its revenue generating employees to this hot spot and it's scary i'm actually surprised there are more guys who are like stepping away
1: well don't give them any ideas paul um and, and and you know, let me, let me circle back to the point of what this says about Kelly Uber again, assuming that that's the thought process. And it makes all the sense in the world to me because he has no really no really has no other motivation to go. Right. Like, it's not like he's like, oh, sweet Florida. I'm going to go to the beaches and hang out. No, you're in a bubble. Yeah. And you're exposing yourself to people who aren't necessarily going to have to be in that bubble all the time, like the employees who are not NBA related. Right. Right. So I think your thought process in terms of why is Kelly Oubre going to go? It's because if the Suns make the playoffs, he wants to be able to have the opportunity to play for them at that time. Makes all the sense in the world. And to the people who might sit there and think, well, what's to stop him from, if they do just going to Florida, well, that's, that's why the NBA is sending people out two, three weeks early and already requiring testing so that people players personnel whomever have already tested you know negative or or aren't positive for coronavirus and therefore won't be held out he can't just walk into orlando after eight games and say here i am boys let's do this cuz right. then he's going to have to be held out presume i mean I don't know what the rule is on that. I don't know if there is a rule on it, but presumably it would be.
0: There is a rule. It's it's in that one hundred. It's in that one hundred thirteen page book. Um, I think it has something to do. I think I don't think you have to do a full fourteen day quarantine, but you have to be like. I think you might have to quarantine for like two or three days and get and tested daily. Mm -hmm. So to your point, like you don't want to do it once. Imagine getting it done every day. Um, And you have to pass. Multiple days in a row. So, and even still, you know, because with the incubation period, that you may not even be presenting yet. Exactly.
1: um, Exactly.
0: Like, I you'd think even if you have it and you're not presenting yet, the test would I detect it. So, I think. I mean, but who knows? I mean, I've some of those tests have like a forty percent false negative rate. So, but again, if you're testing multiple days in a row, you would hope that that would reduce that. Um. I don't know. It's all, it's all up in the air. In the words of Cat Stevens,
1: Paul, "Ooh, baby, baby, it's a wild world." Right? We can leave it at that.
0: Oh yeah. Yep. I think that that works. So, what else we can talk about? Um, we. What are your thoughts on this experiment that is going on that that's going to happen with this whole bubble with putting you know, 22 teams in, you know, a, you know, m- close contact for a long period of time. I mean, you talk about what happens at like uh, the USA basketball, USA basketball camps and like when they actually go to the Olympics and whatnot, you know, that's where um, the heatels came out of. That's where Kevin Durant to the warriors came out of now You put the entire league basically together and like, what kind of conversations are going to happen there? I mean, I know, I don't know, but it seems that Booker is more wants to be the guy who brings guys in than the guy who goes to a situation. Mm -hmm. Because, like, that seems like that's what his personality is. So, who's he going to try to recruit? Is he going to try to recruit? How's that going to work? It'll be interesting to see, like, I'll be interested to see what kind of gossip comes out of the media that is entrenched in there and embedded because they're going to see who's hanging out with who, you know, you're sure. not just going to hang out with your own team, you know, cause that's one of the things that that's one of the things about NBA and just sports in general, but particularly the NBA, just because the teams are so much smaller is, you know, you're traveling so much, you're in these cities. The only people you really know are the 15 guys on your team. It, if you like those guys that can help a, a lot if you hate them, it can hurt a lot, but um, they're now in a situation where they're going to have access to a bunch of other ga- other guys who they have relationships with. So like, I mean, who, who are these guys gonna like, who, what kind of relationships are we going to find out are like actually like stronger than
1: what, when you, when you say uh, like, what do you, what are you getting? Are, are you getting at who would Booker be, associating with and potentially trying to
0: recruit to come to the sun's like immediately long-term. I mean, well, I mean, even the heatles wasn't immediate. Like I think it still took another year, but that's like when the germ started and they like started moving the chess pieces around. So, but, um, no, I, honestly, I just want to, I'll be interested to kind of just see like who's talking to who, who doesn't talk to who, you know things like that of just like you know you've got within one hotel nine teams eight or nine teams. So you know Damian Lillard and, and CJ McCollum and the Suns and Darren Fox uh, Bogdan Bandanovich. I'm just trying to think of which other teams are there. Um, Spurs, and that, the Spurs. Pelicans, Wizards. Brand yeah, deal. so bradley beal again yeah exactly um you know what kind of converse? you know like because the other thing is like instead of hanging out with your own teammates in this situation you have all these other people to hang out with now so what does that do for like team camaraderie if you're playing buddy but if you're more like hanging out with the guys you're going to play that night than your own team or like does that even yeah, matter anymore on the
1: but NBA? but like let's assume that stuff's happening. Is
0: that going to mm-hmm. really get out? Because they're not going to have like this huge media presence there, right? No, it's not going to be a huge media presence. But I mean, but there are, the media that's there are embedded. They're there. I mean, I don't know if they're embedded to the extent that like, the like I think there's like tiers, but they have access to everybody. It's not like, you're really only embedded with your team. Like, you know, the guys who are right. You know, so you're going to, you know, and you're, I don't know. It'll be interesting because like sometimes guys would have access, but now like the access is limited because they want to limit contact. And I don't know. I think, I
1: think, I think what you're going to ultimately see is I don't think you're going to see any of that while they're there. I think it's going to come down to, in a year or this offseason or next off season, or the one after when you see players moving teams, then you're going to start hearing stories come out about, well, what we're hearing is these two guys connected very well during that. Right. Bubble period. And mm-hmm. that helps spur this along, you know, kind of like the same thing. I mean, when you, when you talk about the, 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 the heat thing, and again going back to i don't remember what i did yesterday so maybe this was happening in real time i don't recall but i don't remember there being a whole lot of uh you know commotion about those guys while it was happening during the olympics talking about you know coordinating being on the same team like those guys were all tight if i recall correctly like back then as it was right um and then you hear afterwards after you see the ultimate end of it, you hear that that's where the relationships started to really develop where they're talking about that type of thing. But, I, I, you know, we talked about this thing last episode. I think it is an opportunity for Booker to use some of that clout that he has amongst NBA players. While he might not get the respect that he should from media types nationally, we know that the players respect him a hell of a lot. And uh, it's it's it it's, it is going to be interesting to see what, if anything, comes of that in the long run.
0: Right, and I mean, I'll, I'll be interested. Like, I know they're doing like it's going to be like multiple games in a day. It's going to be very It feels like it's going to be very summer league style. Yeah, which would be interesting because, like, you know, everybody's at home. I I might. I might work on my at my couch for for a while, throw a throw a game on TV and just be watching games all day while, yeah, I, while that, I do that, work. That'll be Have interesting is, is
1: is how they lay out the games because I feel I mean they're
0: I I assume everything's going to be televised. I I would hope like why I don't wouldn't know. it? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean I mean, it'll be, I think, yeah, everything will be televised. I mean, I don't know if it'll be nationally televised though. That's, that's a, that's another question. You yeah, think that's they, an
1: interesting, that's an interesting point. I, I feel like I haven't heard anything about that. Like, you know, don't have that league pass money. Nah, it's, Well, I mean, if you, if you have league pass, you have league pass, right? Isn't that like yeah. a yearly thing? I guess you could theoretically probably do it. Like, you can buy
0: so, a pro, probably buy a pro rated or something. Look, like. At the end
1: of the day the NBA should be doing everything that it can to make sure it maintains its fan
0: base. Right. And Especially
1: like, now think about the opportunity that they have. Like baseball's fucked up so bad. They're coming back though. <laughs> I mean, okay, talk, talk they, they, about, okay. Baseball can't undo all the bullshit they've done for the past three months though.
0: Right. Okay. And I, I want to talk about something with that right here. Cause like, this is fucking like perfect. The NBA, the NBA was, you know, the, I mean, they're the ones who, who canceled the world. Uh, for three months, basically. Um, no, you know, it was it was, it was Ruby Gobert just for the record. Okay, personally. you know, damn French.
1: <laughs> um, but Paul's Paul's thoughts and comments don't necessarily reflect the thoughts and comments of Fanning the of Flames or Sun dot com.
0: Go on, jokes are better than facts. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> anyways we we can we can we can tangent on that all day long but anyway go on go 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 you
0: know the nba was the one that basically shut down sports and they've been working with the players for months in for the most part lockstep on like having setting up a plan that everybody feels as comfortable as possible with that keeps the players safe maximizes revenue etc 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 you know we can go into whatever type of argument we want to have about the only reason the Suns are there is because they needed to get the wizards in to make it look like it was like even remotely fair without break, completely readjusting the, uh, playoff scenario. But, um, that's a whole different thing. So don't care anyway. <laughs> they've gone months. So they took, you know, since March have been working to try to figure this thing out, looking at every possible scenario. And only recently had settled on the whole like Disney world. This is what we're going to do. This is our start date. Yada, yada, yada. <coughs> Excuse me. In that same time frame, baseball has been another shit show. They had an opportunity. They are the best positioned sport at based on how it's played to operate in a pandemic of this nature because the players are, are essentially socially distanced for the most part during the game, mm-hmm. um, but because the the way they operate as an organization as a collective is so fucked, they couldn't get their their ducks in a row to get playing again. And now they finally got a deal signed, like just in the last couple of days, and they're expected to show up to training camp next week. They're expected to show yeah. up July first. Like you've got nothing in place. You don't even nothing. And even still the we're like, is even what the NBA is doing with everything they've put into it a good idea? And baseball is like, well, fuck it, let's go. Right. And 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 you they're know, gonna travel. To to me, what I feel like it's
1: indicative of is hubris <laughs> you, 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 you and i believe this I, I truly believe this i feel like nba players actually love what they do the mm. majority of them it's not just a job to them it's not just about money they want to play they want to compete i don't get
0: that same feeling from baseball players
1: particularly like when analytics became
0: too much of a thing where like it's like you've been relegated down to stats so much that there's not a love for it anymore.
1: I, I don't know. Cause NBA, the NBA is boiled down just like that too. Yeah, but it's different. I mean, I think, I think what it really comes down to is, I mean, I could see why baseball players who have gone through their lives playing, you know, round, round a year round, like eh, NBA players do the same coming out, but Baseball players have 162 games season like that is a long ass time. I could very easily see why the shine of being a pro athlete would, 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 would wear away having to go cool. through that grind year in and year shit. out. And suddenly it's more of a job to long. Them. Oh, I get that. No, I'm not saying it's not, I'm just saying it's not as long. And, and maybe it's also more of the, you think about it, like really with basketball, again, my personal opinion with your teammates, it seems like there's more of a camaraderie. Everybody's individual contribution to the team, I feel has a lot more to do with the team's full success than in baseball. Right. Yeah. Baseball is essentially an individual sport. To an extent. Exactly. Exactly. You get a, you get a couple of, you know, good batters and a couple of good pitchers, you can be a very successful team and the other 20 guys on the squad don't really matter all that much. And maybe that's a little hyperbolic and a little extreme, but you get the point I'm getting at. Whereas with the NBA, especially these days, you really can't just have one great player or even two great players or even three great players in garbage. You have to have guys that can contribute in one way or another, and they have to feed off of each other and requires a lot more of a relationship too, because on the court itself, what you do is so dependent upon what somebody else does based on your ability to know what, know your system, know your teammates, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas baseball, do you think there are a whole lot of right fielders worrying about what their catcher is doing at any given moment? Whereas in basketball, a point guard's going to worry about what his power forward, his center, his small forward are all going to be doing at any given moment. Right. You're much more interlocked and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. So Oh, we just, we just, we just solved the riddle of well, what the fuck's wrong with baseball.
0: Yeah. No, I'll, I'll be interested to see what what the fuck goes wrong with uh, the NFL. Because <laughs> they don't care about their players.
1: And, 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 and like, <laughs>
0: NFL, you've got, I mean, on a team, basically so five, big.
1: five more, five times the number of players you have an NBA roster. Okay. Four times. And you have which, but they'll
0: probably expand rosters because of COVID.
1: Right. But you have, and you have 22 guys that can't stay apart from each other on every single play. Right. Even on one play you have, you have, you have people all around each other. I
0: mean, that's going to be. And then, yeah. And then you've got like, like, you know, they've limited staffs for the NBA to like 35 total people, I think, including players. Mm-hmm. Per team. That's not even a full football roster. Right. Like if you're gonna do something and like I don't know. we'll save it for the How football is the NHL part. doing it. I don't even it. doesn't it matter. I forgot, I forgot about them.
1: Oh dude, look at golf. You're <laughs> PGA tour. They're having people pop up and test positive already. Yeah, and 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 golf's another sport where it's like you you socially distance. Talking
0: about a solo sport, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, it, look, when you get into the bubble, there's going to be positive tests. Yeah, because you, you're not unless the NBA shuts everybody out except for NBA-related personnel, which they aren't and can't really. Right then it's it's going to happen and i mean all we can do as fans and as human beings is hope for the best prepare for the Uh, worst yeah i mean (laughs) at some point shit's going to hit the fan i feel like in orlando which is then going to impact everything else in other sports including the nfl and how they're going to be able to proceed or if they're going to be able to proceed so all right well let's wrap up the episode yeah oh baby baby it's a wild world I think we have um, a title. Yeah. <laughs> Ew, I'm just gonna use that for like the next like four episodes anyway. <laughs> part two or like part three. Or like until like twenty twenty two, the way things are going. So all right. Um we we as always here at Fanning the Flames appreciate everybody out there who listens. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at So says J Paul. Uh at Dervish of World. And the pod is at Fan the Flames NBA. You can find the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network on all podcast platforms and at brightsideofthesun.com. And until next time, thank you for listening and have yourself a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Fuck Guy yeah, Phillips! No, no.